0: Fans, as always, I'm your host Dalton Thieneman. It's been an absolutely crazy week of tennis uh, this past week and weekend with Kevin Anderson topping and Sam Query in three sets to take on the first New York Open title. And uh, if you can't tell from our article last week, uh, we're big Black Core fans at CR. Shout out to Teddy Brodsky representing cracked rackets out at the new york open this week Uh, it was a blast out there and after a wild and upset filled weekend in seattle wake forest just today took home their first ever national indoor title beating ucla in the final so i'm sure uh, you know those guys shout out to you all that was a big uh weekend for you congratulations uh but if you haven't already go subscribe rate and review the great shot podcast alex gruskin max rothman and super producer Max Fliegner have new episodes with that uh, banterous back and forth style you've grown to love every week so go check that out we also want to remind you that we have br- a brand new docu-series style podcast coming that we've been hyping for a, a couple weeks now uh, CrossCourt Chronicles the first episode will be dropping soon it is Fire and Ice the Maria Sharapova and Serena Williams Rivalry and that'll be available on iTunes the website and wherever you get your podcasts so Be sure to stay tuned on that front. But on this edition of the Cracked Interviews, we keep the junior coverage rolling with Notre Dame commit and blue-chip senior Axel Neve. Axe joins the pod to discuss being born in Paris, France, right around the Roland Garros area, winning the 2017 Gold Ball at Clay Court Nationals this past year. Uh, his rigorous training schedule and to give college recruiting advice to up and coming juniors. I think you're really going to enjoy this crack band, so for now, enjoy my conversation with Axel.
1: The final thing is <laughs> stop now, and I'm not a prince of anything. Go take on a kill, anyone has <laughs> been so powerful. They should buy you a ring, you skin up everything, it's confusing. You will be good, but you will be more. You will be good, but you will be more. You will be good, but you will be more
0: pressure. Axel, thank you so much for joining Crack Rackets. So uh, we'll get right into it here. How did you originally get into tennis?
2: Well, I was born in France. Um and if you probably don't already know, um, tennis is a pretty big sport in that in that country. So I was introduced to tennis at a pretty young age. It's kind of living around a lot of tennis players. Uh, next to, uh, I was kind of living pretty close to French Open. So just being around there was kind of where I get started.
0: So were you born in Paris or were you kind of, because I know the French is in Roland Garros. It's a little outside the city.
2: Yeah, I was born in Paris. It's a, uh, there's a small city called Blanc uh It's right next to next door.
0: Nice. So, so did you grow up playing there? Like, was
2: yeah, uh, kind of the French Open. like ten minutes away. So, I mean, not too serious. I just kind of always like playing with rackets and and, and always lo- found the love for the game.
0: That makes sense. Were you playing other sports at the time, or how did how did uh, like was there a defining moment when you knew that you were gonna you know be
2: able to play tennis at an elite level? Well, I moved over from France around like six or seven. So I wasn't, I was pretty young and uh, I was playing all the sports um, like soccer, baseball, basketball, but I really had like the tennis was going for me. So at around maybe 10 or 11, I started playing a lot more junior tournaments and, and I started it was kind of my one path. I said, you know, like just going to let go of everything else. Cause uh, I think I've got a good shot at this thing.
0: So when you moved over, when you were six or seven, did you still maintain the language? Like, were you still speaking French in and, and
2: your house? I only spoke French. I didn't know any English. Really?
0: And
2: yeah, so, so it was kind of hard for me to translate. Yeah.
0: So were you just learning English in school then? Is that kind of how?
2: Yeah, I was uh, I was in English school. I was kind of separated from the class a little bit though for the first couple of years before I got my uh, my language down interesting
0: interesting so i'm assuming you moved to florida immediately no uh
2: actually i moved to chicago um there's west suburbs called Mm hensdale so i lived there for around 10 years actually only recently did i move to florida for the last couple years
0: no way so i'm assuming you
2: moved for an academy
0: and that kind of thing
2: yeah um the tennis was getting a little dull. We had a very solid group at the time when I was around 14, 15. And we had a lot of players end up going to college. Some some players who played pretty high on Ohio State, Northwestern, and, and guys like Gianni Ross were all in the same group. Unfortunately, they kind of went. And uh, I'm training now with uh, Nick Saviano, of Tennis Academy.
0: What, what was the original connection down there? Did you have
2: a coach or a buddy that was down there? I knew around the USTA, uh, where the old USTA was, was a pretty big hotspot for tennis and competition. Uh, One of my buddies moved down there as well, so it was only natural for me to kind of just migrate down there.
0: So you were a junior when you ultimately moved down to Boca. Talk us through kind of that transition, like the adjustment moving
2: down without family. Was that a major change for you? Um, Well, first I moved down with just my mother. Um, we stayed in a small apartment, just the two of us, and I'm pretty familiar with my mom. We kind of go to every tournament, so it was, it's not too bad. I did have a sister, though, back at home, and and my dad, so it was a little, kind of missed them a little bit, but uh, after uh, like six or seven months, they, they moved down as well.
0: And uh, talk us through your, your daily schedule down at the Academy, opposed to when you were back in Chicago. Was that a major change?
2: Yeah, um, back when I was in Chicago, I would do full, full-time full school, like regular school, and now I do little spring, so I have a lot more uh, flexibility, I would say. Um, my schedule starts around 10.30. It's kind of a long drive to plantation from Bogus, kind of 35 minutes, so um, my day starts pretty early, approximately around like five hours I spend my day up there. And with Laurel Springs, that that I mean, like you mentioned, it's great for flexibility. If you're going
0: traveling to tournaments, you can kind of work it ahead in advance so that you don't have to be worrying about doing homework in a hotel room and that kind of thing, right?
2: It's I think most tennis players now do Laurel Springs or on, or online schooling.
0: Was that tough for you, though? You know, doing a full time school program and then having to self-motivate yourself doing the online program with Oral Street. Yeah, I was
2: extremely tough. Um, I had to have a lot of self-motivation because there's, there's no teacher teaching you anything and no classmates to kind of rival you or, or, or kind of help you out. So I think, uh, online schooling has to be one of the most difficult things.
0: I'm sure it'll It'd definitely make the adjustment to, uh, you know, college tennis and improve your time management skills if you didn't have those already though. But Um, I want to go back to your summer and uh, your summer schedule because you won the gold ball at Clay's in Delray and um, talk us through your approach going in where where you were mentally how confident you were and and uh, your physical condition going into Clay's.
2: Well I was extremely not confident going into Clay's. I had a pretty poor summer. I went into I took a long seven week trip to Europe and with uh, another USA player, Ryan Getz, and a couple other guys like Brian Shee. And we played, I think we played five tournaments. Uh, we played one, the grade A in Italy, where I lost, I think, second round. Um, then we went over to Belgium. I lost first round. Then we went over to Germany and we played three of them. I lost all three rounds in the singles. Uh, gladly, we won a couple of doubles titles. That that kind of helped a little bit with my confidence. But at the time, I was very low confidence. And going into clays, um, physically, I would say I was probably pretty strong because I was playing so many matches. But um, mentally-wise, I was not having it. So, I mean, I think first couple rounds were huge for me in the clays, especially with the conditions and everything. It's super humid down here. And I think uh, I had a huge advantage because I live down here. So your draw, Max. No, I mean, Freeman. I yeah. think in the round
0: of 32, you you played Orrin and and Nevin in 16s and quarters, and then obviously Mason, who just committed to Oklahoma, and and your buddy Ryan Getz. I mean, it, it was an incredible draw. But how how did your confidence level change throughout the tournament, especially not having the greatest results going in?
2: I kind of started off low, but once I got through. I was playing a lefty uh, from. He just committed to Vanderbilt. I forgot his name. Uh, is that Max Freeman? Max Freeman. That was the match that kind of really turned it around for me. Uh, I think I was down four-one in both sets, and uh, it was ex- one of the hottest days out there. I was playing, I think, at Boca Point, which is was no shade, and uh, I I wanted I think four and four, but after that match, I I think I gained a lot of confidence from that match.
0: So you won. You ended up winning four and four after being down four and four, 4 in both of the sets. Um, exactly. So after you won the first set, what what happened after that? Did he go up pretty quick?
1: <laughs> we or? took a
2: we took a twenty five minute bathroom break, both of us.
1: <laughs> and, uh,
2: <laughs> Which is pretty we common were shy. Uh, I knew. He, yeah, I knew we were both shot because we had like full change of clothes, and uh, <laughs> the referee didn't even mind us coming back half an hour later. So uh, we both knew we were dead, and the second set was just. Just whoever had more flight in them,
0: and I mean that's pretty typical down at Clay's. I mean, you see a lot of withdrawals. You see a lot of people, um, you know, had not not heat strokes, but I mean, the heat is a major, you know, you know variable down there and has a major impact. Uh, when you so you went down one four in the second,
2: did you think you were splitting right away? Oh, absolutely, um, no doubt about it. Um, he was playing you just took the racket on my hand and, and I was shocked. I was just like, I just want to, I, I don't want to be out here anymore. Uh, a couple loose errors. And you know, I was like, you know what? I did this in the first set. Maybe I can do it again. You had a tough three
0: setter in the semis against Mason Byler. Yeah. who like you yeah. mentioned just, just committed to Oklahoma. Was that another one of those situations where you may be doubting yourself a little bit because of the confidence uh, going in, but then, like
2: you said, you just you really grinded it out and pulled it out. I think you won six two in the third. Once I got down the first set and uh, I started playing a lot better in the third, I think it just it just kept coasting.
0: And then you obviously play Ryan in the final. You, you pull that out pretty handily, two and four. Um, what was your initial reaction when they handed you the gold ball?
2: I mean, what were you thinking? Where was your head at? Well, I remember seeing, I don't really remember what happened, but I remember seeing the replay of me, you know, like on the match point, I just, after I just walked up to the net and I just kind of like collapsed or just hung over and I, and everything was just, I don't know, I was extremely tired. And I'm sure if Ryan would have won that second set, I think he was, he had many chances to break me, but, uh, uh I think that would have been it for me, but. My initial, re- I was extremely overjoyed. I was one of, uh, I've never really done re- well in Super Nationals. So for me, it was a first time experience. What were the texts
0: from family or friends after? Was it just, you know, really overwhelming getting all the support and the love? After it was that? a lot
2: of support. I remember the day before the semis, it was my birthday. And my mom goes, you're going to bed at 830. I was like, no. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so the next day, I completely celebrated because you know, of everything.
0: Yeah, well, that's exciting. Congrats again, man. That's, that's a big accomplishment. Thank you. What are you working on specifically, strengthening any of your strengths on the court or off the court? Uh, what are you doing to prepare for the long haul? Because you've got a, a pretty grueling schedule coming up here.
2: Well, I'm always working. I'm working with Nick, very, very good coach. and you know, We're always working on everything, but uh, definitely trying to be more explosive is uh, it's kind of where I want to be. I'm 6'3". And I don't want to be out there for six hours grinding. So just trying to increase pace on my shots, become a more explosive player. And I feel like tennis, men's tennis is becoming a lot more physical these days. So I'm working a lot of hours in the gym trying to become stronger.
0: What are you doing specifically? Are you doing the
2: entire body? Are you focusing on your, your legs? Are you doing a lot of... Uh... More upper body and core wise, I would say I have pretty strong legs already. So. I think upper body and core is what I'm mainly working on. And and what are you doing on the, the
0: dietary side to supplement your conditioning regimen? Is there a pretty enhanced diet? You know, is coach helping you out on that side as well, or are you pretty good about that on your own?
2: Well, we're both working together. I'm trying to gain weight. Um, a lot of pillars try to gain or lose weight, whatever, but uh, I think I'm, around 170 i was about a week and a half ago and now i'm around at 180 so i'm definitely trying to gain weight um eating a, a ton of food because in florida here one practice you lose five pounds with the humidity and everything so definitely trying to add weight gain weight
0: so a lot of proteins a lot of chicken salmon probably a lot of protein shakes and bars <laughs> exactly
2: and you know it, all <laughs> of it <laughs>
0: I'm jealous. I wish uh, I was in your shoes there, but so let's let's talk about um, you know the collegiate recruiting process. A lot of our audience, a lot of our uh, listeners are on the junior level and you know are up and coming and maybe the twelves, 16s. Tell us a little bit about uh, the college recruiting process and how that's been
2: for you so far. It's been pretty smooth. Um, if I was to say anything to the to the viewers, would probably be just not stress over it. It's a pretty long process. So unless you know exactly what school you want to go, then go ahead, make your decision. That's completely normal. But uh, I think number one thing would be don't stress over it. A lot of people are really committing early and then ends up not being really what they wanted, you know. So my my number one thing probably through this process I've learned is just, just to not stress over it. So kind of
0: take it, take all the factors in, take some time to to let things marinate so you make an informed decision. what What factors are most important to you when making that decision?
2: the The number one thing I look at is the coaching staff. I mean, every single college that I've looked has an unbelievable campus, great everything. Um, when it comes to facilities, academics. so there's plenty of unbelievable colleges. But there's not that many great coaching staff that works the best for you. So I would say the coaching staff and the teammates would probably be what I what I look out for in a college.
0: Of those factors, what are the schools that are standing out most for you? And I know you're taking your time. Yeah. Uh, you're in no hurry. But what schools are kind of top of the list right now?
2: Well, I'm very interested in... in in colleges in California the the three big ones there and I'm looking also UVA they have a great tennis program over there as well and uh some colleges in the ACC but uh, that's pretty much kind of where I've narrowed it down to
1: mm-hmm.
2: and has have those
0: changed significantly since last year when you moved down to Florida you know, going into the process, have, have has your your view or your perspective
2: on things changed at all dramatically, or has it been pretty steady? I didn't really know much any, about anything about this process when I was going into it, so I just kind of kind of kept an open mind. Once you start visiting and you start getting your preferences, then later throughout the period you can start narrowing down. I think, and it's good to it's good to have a lot of colleges, but if I think it's more important. To, to what suits you best mm-hmm. so,
0: yeah. finding you know finding a fit in terms of you know the coaching staff the players and and the culture surrounding exactly. the program too is there anything else that you would tell yourself then to prepare physically mentally or just overall
2: i would get really nervous every time a college coach would uh come walk by my core when i was younger but i think that's normal i wouldn't tell myself anything i think the college coaches know who they kind of want on their team so just being a great leader showing good uh not necessarily results is not what they're looking for but more how much you can behave yourself on the core aspects like that i think is what college coaches mostly look for
0: Do those leadership skills is that maturity level it's i mean just talking to you now i know we've never met in person but you seem very composed uh very mature for you are you 17 18 yeah so has that always come naturally for you on the court, or has that kind of been something you've been working on the last couple of years?
2: Um, it's kind of both. I've I've been uh, I've been working on it a little bit, and uh, I think through time and good guidance, you kind of mature yourself. So I think yeah, I think I've always had it, but but I've gotten better at it for the last couple of years. I hear you. Um, so the one one last thing
0: I want to touch on, and it's kind of Been one of those questions that I personally always think about Um, my youngest brother, Presley, Presley Mm Thiemann is a sophomore. He's, you know, top 15 in the country. Um, It's always a big discussion in our household. How do you stay well-rounded? How do you, you know, keep the balance between school tennis, you know, social life? How has that been for you juggling those three and even, you know, family and friends, is that
2: difficult at times or? Um, it can be. It depends. It kind of depends what your goal in mind is. I think everybody else has a goal, whether it's college tennis, pro tennis, or you, yeah, or whatever you want to do. Um, that depends on, that kind of affects how you juggle things. So if you're more pro-oriented, I would say you have maybe a little less social life, maybe a little less school life, but maybe more down there on the tennis side. Maybe if you just want to go pro you're kind of more concentrated on, um, I would say, school-wise. and But in all three, whatever you do, you can always have a social life, in my opinion. There's always room for fun. Um, having a good balance of fun. You don't want to have too much fun. But uh, I think there's definitely a way you can do all three.
0: Everything in moderation,
2: right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, we will get to the rapid-fire segment. And as I talked with you earlier, it's going to be questions in rapid succession. And you're going to provide one word answers. So are you ready to rock? I'm ready. Favorite drink on the court? Gatorade. Favorite meal off the court?
2: Chipotle bowl.
0: Favorite video game? FIFA. If you were to take away any stroke, which would it be?
2: The drop shot.
0: Favorite artist or song right now?
2: Maroon 5.
0: Favorite surface? Clay. Favorite city in the world? Shatter. Favorite athlete, non-tennis related? Usain Bowl. Favorite thing about a fresh can of tennis balls is? The smell. Awesome. Axel, thank you so much for taking the time,
2: man. Um, Thanks, Dalton.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. We'll reach out next week, all right, man?
2: Take yep, care. see you, man.
0: Thanks for listening to my conversation with Axel Neve. Um, this episode was actually recorded prior to Axel committing in Notre Dame, but we want to wish him the best of luck next season in South Bend and the ACC. Uh, you know, we know he's, he's going to have a great college career and will definitely make an immediate impact next season in South Bend and in the ACC. So major shout-out to you. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, but also want to give a major shout-out, as always, to the magician, our producer, and the one and only Daniel Westoff. He works his magic to make us sound smart around here. Uh, but we also have a few big interviews on the horizon that we want to let you know about. Ty Kwaitowski. Mackie McDonald, our partner, Jackson Bridge Academy. And we still have Oklahoma commit Mason Byler coming for you. So stay tuned. And, you know, honestly, I know we say it all the time around here, but we appreciate all of your support and we cannot do this without you. So thank you for everything. Go subscribe to the Cracked Interviews podcast if you haven't already. Um, The Great Shot podcast as well. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and go like the Facebook page. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast at iTunes. We are also now on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, the TuneIn app, and wherever you get your podcasts. So go check us out there. And I know most of you are doing this already. We've had a lot of good feedback. But go tell your friend and family about us, especially those tennis fans, those crazy tennis heads uh, that are looking for all things tennis. But for one Daniel Westhoff and for one Dalton and we will see you next time, crack fans. The
1: final thing is stop now, I'm not a prince of anything Go, they're gonna kill anyone, I feel so powerful They shit but you I in your skin, up everything is confusing You will be good, but you will be more You will be good, but you will be more You will be good, but you will be more, you will be good, you will be more. Alone every day, it's a prince of pleasure